Doing <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah. Episode 44. <laughs> Stick and rank. Did we have three mics when we were doing that that one word thing? Remember? No. No, we're okay. not doing that. Or is that too again. soon? I hate it. I <laughs> think we should do it. No, because Rash is going to fuck with me. We can go <laughs> counterclockwise if you want. <laughs> I am a fucking wall of knowledge. Nothing gets by me. Guys? The fuck? With your There's two options, us. dude. You either go this way or you oh go this God. way. Like, what do you want from us? What's up, everybody? Episode 44 of the world-famous <laughs> Stick and Ring podcast. We are back once again, and we're pleased to be brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, where there are 31 different podcasts covering all the different types of NHL teams and also two additional fucking fire podcasts, one with Terry Ryan and another one diving into the analytics of hockey. Um, other than that, though, we got episode 44 coming in hot. Going to sucker punch you right in the back of the head, and then we're going to drive you into the ice with all this fucking content. So without further ado, let's get into it. Intro on the people, or you guys got it? Huh? Should we intro on the people? Intro the people. All right, guys. Here we are. <laughs> we got Elijah on the mic, era, era. And then we got our boy, Jay Gertson. How's it hanging, buddy? What's up, boys? How we doing? Nice. Wearing lots of gray right now, hey? What do you mean? I'm wearing blue and two shades of gray. <laughs> okay, I'm not a fucking idiot. That's gray. That sh- your sh- shirt is gray. This is blue. Are you fucking kidding me? You're what? both retarded. It's green. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. And thank you. Welcome to the party. Our producer, Raffle. is fucking Hello. stupid. At least I could see where Elijah was. We get this guy in Mike and he says my shirt's green. It is green. Look at it. Oh, yeah. I guess it could be green. There you go. Okay. I'd say it's more blue, though. Literally, you make one joke. And this Maybe a turquoise? Off the fucking rails. <laughs> it could be a turquoise. Oh, my God. It's, it's indigo. It's teal. Shut up. Um, so, let's jump into this. My boys, how we doing? Swell. Great. My shirt's green, apparently, and I don't know green from blue. So the Canucks, well, I'll tell you, green and blue, what does that make? A Canuck. A fucking W, that's what that makes. I mean, we've (laughs) said good and great. We should be having fucking fantastic and spectacular. And even better. Yo, Elijah. Thank you. Question for you. What's up? How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Just want to make sure no one ever checks in on you, buddy. I personally am in tune <laughs> with my mantra and just my inner shavasana. I, I think it's a yoga word. We're not off to a hot start right, right. now, guys. So. <laughs> Canucks blow out a huge W today. <laughs> they beat the Montreal Canadiens in yeah. overtime. time. Yeah. Four to three. Solid win. Solid, Solid big win. Big time W. First thing, first thing I want to say, Max Domi, I like you, but you're pushing it, buddy. You ever cross-check Quinn Hughes like that in the numbers again? I'm going to okay. fucking kill you and your family. <laughs> don't touch so, don't touch my Calder favorite. So here's what we have. We have Josh who watched the first period, Elijah <laughs> yeah. who listened to the second period, and watched the third period. And then we both watched overtime, and <laughs> Raffle watched fucking nothing. Zilch. Zilch. Is that true? <laughs> I was working. <laughs> I was working. I'm at Fuck work. you. What There's a TV there. <laughs> okay, whatever. We're definitely forwarding all the bills from the podcast to Raffle now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the only clearly working on this podcast <laughs> yeah i know seriously i just i was content and i would have watched the second period but i went and bought a dairy queen cake because it was just that kind of day and i wanted to eat cake wait, cake specifically. <laughs> wait. So you bought a full fucking cake i bought a log a dairy queen log. <laughs> wait and you ate the whole thing no i ate a slice before <laughs> i came over here it's kind of weird calling it a slice it sounds like you eat it like it's fucking pizza but <laughs> 
Just having one of those days. But all I heard on the radio was, Eagle Edler ties the game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I sell it in the car. <laughs> yeah. This guy <laughs> swerves <laughs> into the middle lane, starts honking his horn. Like. Um, so big W, though. That Huge came on, on the heels of some devastating news on Canucks Nation. Fuck. With the injury to our Hart Trophy nominee. Our, Your Hart Trophy sorry, nominee. Sorry, Elijah's Hart Trophy winner. Already Bezida should be candidate. Yep, and we'll walk on the stage with Travis Green to also accept the Jack Adams and Jim Benning for God of Year. Um, <laughs> other than that, boys, what do we what do we think of the injury? Man, it's it's tough. It's um, very unfortunate. Yeah, just you know when you really see, uh, like everyone that we've brought on, guests included, and probably up until a month and a half ago, we've all agreed that. Markstrom is the team MVP, and most of Canucks Nation would agree with that. This is a huge hole that you're leaving in the lineup. Yeah. And with their defense, the way that they're still playing, you know, Demko better be fucking ready for 38 shots a game, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you better be ready. I texted a buddy right, at, right after the game, and I was like, the first conversation that Demko has with Markstrom, he's going to text him and be like, Bro, you weren't kidding. Like, 40 shots is a lot. Like, yeah. that was hard. I wouldn't be surprised on, like, a morning skate where Green just brings out Pedersen and Horvat, and he's like, Cape, shoot 20 pucks each at this guy and see how many stops. Just firing squad. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it, like, strange timing with it all. I, I haven't – I don't remember the and last time. it was a time. leg injury, too. Like, it yeah, had nothing to do with the stick yeah. going into his fucking face, which but is – But it happened the same game. I heard it happen in the Wild game, and now I'm hearing the Bruins game. So, conflicting stories, but incredibly, are you done? Or what? I'm sorry. What's going on? Like, I'm sorry. Want to fucking readjust one more time on a 10-minute episode? Jesus Christ. Um, so, but incredibly strange timing with the trade deadline literally hours away, or I guess a day away. Yeah. And we get the trade for Louis Domingue, and I think everyone's kind of looking around like, huh? Yeah. And then it's obviously comes out very shortly after that. Marshall that Marshall's hurt. Um, um, so I guess good timing for us that we could. Yeah. Uh, hold up the back. A little you know bit. what, though? I mean, like if, if the rumor is saying that happened in the Boston game or even the Minnesota game, my guess is, is Markstrom probably said he's like, look, like I can I can play through it. I can grind it out. But I feel like Green and the and Canucks brass they are like, OK, no, let's just get you healthy before the playoffs so that way when you come back you're fully rested i find yeah um why, why the fuck are you guys looking at me like no, that like you guys the, get, totally you got jim benning travis the canucks brass right what i say yeah i said oh, yeah. <laughs> fuck can we edit that out <laughs> can we start over you mean the canucks brass <laughs> sick dude <laughs> no no our boy josh is a floor manager at canucks <laughs> No, no, seriously, like, let's, let's start that over. Yeah. <laughs> just say the word Canucks and I'll edit it in. Yeah. Canucks. Can you just, say it with more enthusiasm? Yeah, a Canucks. More confidence. Canucks. <laughs> okay. Canucks brass. <laughs> Don't edit out any of that. Yeah, no, that's the best part of the entire episode. That's so sick. <laughs> um, so I guess we're looking up to the next couple of games here. We're in a good spot in the standings. A couple of games in hand on Vegas, two points back. Yeah, boys are looking nice. I'm, I'm, I'm at the point of the season now. I'm checking every day what the standings are, like what the upcoming games are. I'm fucking loving it, boys. <laughs> um, Rav's dead over there. I can't fucking concentrate. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I, I agree. I think right now the Canucks are, you know, they're they got a good win with Demko. Um, I think Montreal is a good test uh, for Demko to kind of 
ease his way into it. I feel like if his first game was against like a fucking central team or something like that, like going up against St. Louis, I feel like getting his feet wet and kind of getting like that mentality of like, okay, I'm starting every single game now until yeah. until Marky's back. Like I feel like this is going to be a good integration. Like you've got Ottawa next, then you've got Toronto on the road, Tough so that'll test. be kind of a good test, and then Columbus as well so a team that's still in the playoff race even though they've cooled down a lot um so yeah i think um yeah it'll be an interesting four game stretch and a four game heater that we have going right now but yeah. we're 1-0 so let's get 1-0 let's go boys yeah <clears throat> uh next game coming up against the senators yeah what else do we have happen in the canucks universe here well i mean i still want to kind of to i still wanted to tie i can't talk right now i want to touch on the Markstrom stuff just a little bit more. So, what if Demko just gets super hot? Like, what if in the la- in the next like two weeks? I don't know how many games they play um, in a month or however long Markstrom's done. How how many games is that? Like, what 15, 15 games? Uh, well, 10? we're assuming if we're assuming he's out for the entire month, yeah, which three to four I think weeks. The simple answer to that: how long he'll be out is the more success the Canucks have, the more rest he'll get. Right. If we start tail spinning, like. I think he'll come back at like 90% or 80%. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it'll be anywhere from if it's 2 weeks, that'll only be like 6 games. Yeah. And if it's if it's 4 weeks, that that could be that could be 12 games. That yeah. could be the rest of the season right there. So, like, let me ask you this then. Like, what if the like let's just assume he misses 4 weeks and and that's with like a rush. But what if the Canucks go like 10 and 2? Uh, I think this is Markstrom's net. No you think ma- so? no matter what? Okay. Yeah, I think if anything, the only thing that it does is come playoff time, it just gives him a shorter leash, kind of the leash he had back in December, right? Where it was like, you know, like he's playing great, but we don't have time for errors. Or yeah, like we don't have time for for droughts. So yeah, I think that's the only thing it does. But kind of long term, what this does though is it kind of it it really will answer I think which direction the Canucks go long term. That that's what I was kind of leading into as well is where. Like, depending on how Demko does, like, now this is, like, this is probably the perfect time for Demko to show what he's got. You're in the race. You're in the hunt. You're still in the playoffs. But if they go cold and the Canucks actually potentially miss the playoffs and don't make it this year. Fuck. And, and you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like Markstrom is going to get, like, sure, dude, sign. like, here's a check. Write, write what you want. Yeah. And Demko, you can pound sand for next year because you're you're riding the pine, and then we'll just expose you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, but I think obviously that's kind of the the easier route for Jim Benning to make. But if he does light it up, come playoff time, depending on who we play as well, right? Because if you're playing like the Oilers, who are a very high scoring team, you know, and you're getting lit up, like yeah, you're right. How long does that leash extend to both? both goalies yeah you know so anyway something to think about for sure absolutely um we haven't mentioned this yet but we have our our good friend recently acquainted friend and famous person among twitter in the canucks nation world um we have disco stew as our guest coming on this podcast so we already got the interview on tap ready to go i think it's about time we underhand the ball over there for a fucking home run you want to underhand it Lob it, yeah, lob it over there. You you don't want to give nice him like an Aroldis Chapman ninety two mile an hour slider down and away. <laughs> no, I do not want to buckle Swing, swinging a miss, yeah. like ducks when it's three feet off the plate. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? Okay, yeah, I'm down. Dis- Just throw it over. Cool. Perfect. Disco Stew, the ping pong guy. 
Enjoy. Enjoy. All right. Thank you, everyone. It is our pleasure now to bring on one of the most famous Canucks Twitter personalities and hell, one of the, the most famous Canucks personality players included. We are so pleasured to bring on the Disco Stew. Stu, welcome what a, to the podcast. What an intro. I know. <laughs> what an <laughs> intro. If I knew more about you, I'd pump your tires even more like, father of three, <laughs> the best brother out of two. I, just, I don't know any of those. Crushes yet, so. two chicks nightly yeah. and doesn't get a penicillin shot. Disco Stu, welcome to the show. But we don't know <laughs> if he's married. <laughs> I am married. I have one kid. There you and go. I, went, I, I went through my smashing two chicks in one night phase <laughs> a long time ago. So, so for listeners, and actually this kind of speaks to my entire curiosity before this interview is, you know, you're, you're that ambiguous figure behind the avatar that is Disco Stu, but the people are going to get to know so much about you here. The first thing that blew my mind was when I tried to coordinate a time with you and you're like, yeah, man, just so you know, like 15 hours ahead, I live in Thailand. And I was like, Sorry, I'm not drunk right now. What the fuck's going on? So, so you live in Thailand. I do. I do. The fuck? Uh, <laughs> how, how, does, uh, how did this came, come to be? I, I, came over, I came over in 2007. It's, it's kind of a long story, but it's, I, I consider it interesting. I, I, was, I had a trip planned with my dad. We were going to go to Australia. And I booked a few months off work and saved a bunch of money. And then he had a workplace accident and he couldn't go. So I had three months booked off and a whole bunch of cash and I asked people where I should go and they told me to go here. I was newly single, by the way. Oh, okay. There's the fine print for you. Yeah. <laughs> I was missing kind of like that motivation factor, you know? Like the... Yeah, I, I recently had my heart broken uh, and everybody I talked to was like, dude, go to Thailand. And I did. And uh, I would think it was within like, Within like three weeks, I was like, I want to fucking live here. Damn. <laughs> and, and, you, uh, and you did that before it was cool. Like everyone, everyone that I know now, they've been going to Thailand now for like six years, but you're 13 years ago. You, you're fucking first to the punch. I'm, o, I'm OG. Yeah. <laughs> so need, needless to say, like you had, you had the first chance at really dipping your toes in the ping pong shows and maybe even performing <laughs> once in a while, right? Well, the, the, it, the, so the, uh, the first time I came over, it was during, there was like an uprising here. So nobody was coming. They, okay. they had occupied the airport, right? So people were all canceling their flights and getting their refund. And, and I was like, this is I was the like, time where you're like, I want to live here. Yeah, I, I went anyway. And uh, by the time my plane landed, the thing, the protest was over, but there were no other tourists there. I don't know if in Bangkok, like a, uh, Newly arrived tourist uh, is a very desirable item. And this, there were so few of us there that it was just like we were getting mobbed by attractive women everywhere we went. Now, now were, they, were they just attractive from the waist up or did they have some sweet man love blow the belt? <laughs> <laughs> were they playing the long game with you? Yeah. Or <laughs> it's, uh, it can be tricky. Uh, the, the, the rule of thumb here, the rule of thumb here is like, if you, if you think there's a chance, just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't like, don't try to figure it out. As if you have that, if you have any sense that it's a possibility, 
Bobby. That's time to walk away. God, yeah. it, it pretty much sounds like the visual you gave me there is you it, back in like 07. You were pretty much living your best bachelor life. Like you were fucking Pilot Pete coming off that plane. I was I was living the bachelor dream, honest to God. And oh. like, I, it, yeah. But you you didn't even have to wait for three of them to be left to smash them. You're just like, all right, I'll just however many can fit in this big minivan over there. How Get in the tuk tuk, ladies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, so maybe enough about the backstory there. We could go, we could yeah, go yeah, yeah. hours about that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to jump in just about a Twitter question here because obviously uh, recently hitting the news in the Twitterverse for Canucks Nation has been the Canucks Twitter bracket. And I know it's not even that big of a news story, but I'm trying to pump your tires here. Like you're going up against yeah, yeah. McIntyre, um, Ian McIntyre in the nicest way I, possible. I, Fuck that guy. <laughs> how, how, how are we going to help you win this? Because like you're a big underdog. Well, I mean, I'm an underdog in the sense that he has way more followers than me. Yeah. And he's way more famous than me. <laughs> but I feel like on t- the Twitter is my domain. Yeah. And it's not his domain. He doesn't know how to do it. <laughs> okay. In my opinion. I like, I like, I honestly really like iMac. Um, and I like the fact that he's gone to war on behalf of sort of the positive brigade over the past few years. Nice. Um, but he does suck at Twitter. So I feel like I have an edge there. Yeah, well, that, that, that's so, fair. I mean, I've, I've been going with, I've been basically just attacking him openly so far. Yeah. And the, the, day, I, the day that our bracket opens, he's, he's getting it big time. I think over the next, next week or so, that, that, that'll prove to be your best approach is just to, to try and create some sort of rumor mill slash false story to hit the news waves. Well, you're not, you're not going to get the moral high ground against a man that wholesome, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The big family so, man that is. He looks, he resembles Mr. Rogers in both, in both appearance and demeanor. <laughs> Couldn't have nailed it on the head more than that. <laughs> yeah, you're not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to win by like appealing to the moral majority. So I got to, I got to go low on this. Nice. I love it. I love how you just have to oh, go yeah. rolling in the dirt a little bit, which is totally nice. Bring him down to our yeah, level. Welcome to the mud. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the mud. The scumbag, <laughs> the scumbag level. This is how we do it in Bangkok. If, if I can if I can get him to sling any mud, I'll consider that a victory. By yeah. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. So um my next So how you can support me, how you can support me is on the day of when the poll goes up, share it to your followers. I also have a, a, a photo shop on deck ready to go for the oh, day. Yes. Okay. I, I'm a, one of my, I, I have a shared working space here and one of them is a graphic designer and he worked with it with me on it. And it's uh, pretty awesome. I so, love it. I Mac prepare to be trolled. Listen, listen, <laughs> Stu, we're, we're, we're already good friends, but we cannot encourage child labor like that. Like the guy sitting next to about 16, right? He's a fully grown, fully functional okay. adult Australian just, man. Just had to check. We had to, we had to keep the stick and rig morality clause, you know? We all got, signed is that where we're drawing the line? Is I, I'm, not in favor, I'm not in favor of child labor, just for the record. Breaking news, Disco too. <laughs> not only out of the Twitter bracket, but maybe going to jail. I love it. Okay, Stu, Stu, my next question is um, – now, obviously, you are from Vancouver. So when you lived here, where did you live? Like, where in the Lower Mainland? Uh, I'm from I, – I spent elementary school in, like, 
the Southwest Marine area. Okay. okay. Yeah, like Canby right and Southwest Marine where there's now tons of shit. Yeah. And at the, yeah. at the time, there was like a housing co-op there, like how subsidized housing. And then when I went to... I said, you lived there when it was like the affordable times. Now yeah, it's like yeah. a sky yeah, train yeah. and towers everywhere. Now it's, like, now it's like South Central Vancouver. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I guess that doesn't really work. Okay. Um, my, my next question is, I guess if we should probably relate this to some sort of Canucks talk. Yeah, we're a hockey yeah. podcast. We're, we're a hockey podcast. So what... Um, you know, what moment really made it for you to be a Canucks fan? Like, what was it for you that... Especially on the road, too. Like, how, are you, how have yeah. you dedicated like so how, long for like, Yeah, how have you maintained the love for this hockey team? I, I, told, I told this story on, on, on another podcast, but um, when uh, growing up in that, in that subsidized housing place, there was a Slovak family that lived near us that we were very good friends with. And the, the dad in that family was uh, involved with the Canucks on some, he was like their fitness tester. Okay. So he, he was like very good friends with Pavel Bure, uh, blah, blah, blah. He became very successful. They moved to the North shore, but we kept in touch with them. And we went over there for dinner in 94. And uh, we started talking about how well the Canucks were doing and the one of the sons so he was allowed to go there with both his sons and one of the sons gave me his ticket to game four against dallas the one where sergio mameso scored in overtime that's sick okay yeah right. you're definitely and talking then, to a couple guys born in 1995 but totally yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dated me out of that conversation <laughs> yeah. i get it though i get it that, I, that's I was it. I was 14 at the time to, you know, to be clear, I just wasn't, I wasn't really introduced to it as a kid, but that game. And then after the game, he took me down to the locker room. I got my white towel signed by a bunch of the players. Oh, Jesus. And, dude! You yeah, were in it was, deep. yeah, I was in, I was in the fucking core of it instantly. Little, then, little did they know that like 20 years later, you're going to be on Twitter just saying, yeah, yeah fuck Jay Beagle. <laughs> they, they should have known back then jay beagle jay i would never say fuck jay beagle jay beagle went to the downtown east side and played street hockey with kids on the downtown east side oh. and a bad word may never be spoken about him in my presence all right that's good fair kid. that's good. fair and you know what he's fucking awesome in the face-off circle yeah so dude he's we'll manny ultra with two eyes like that's actually <laughs> sick <right? laughs> Um, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a quick question, then tail it into some current Canucks talk. But how how are you watching the games down there? Are you a cord cutter? Or are you an honest? No, fan? no, no. I got I I like um, if you're international, the price for the NHL package is quite cheap. Oh, geez, cool. And you can share. So I share it with a guy, a friend of mine in Wales. So he buys it in Wales. And then I use we share the stream and we can both watch games at the same time. Oh, okay. sick! And That's none sick. of them are blacked out here. I've heard that some Canucks games are blacked out locally. On uh, that, I, I think that's a problem. I'm a big cord cutter guy, so you know. Yeah, I'm just cheating the <laughs> well, system. <laughs> if they're, I mean, if they're gonna do shit like that, they deserve to be fucking cord cut. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. So that's, just whenever you got a second, shoot me that IP address that you got, and then we'll be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> The International Game Center rocket. So yeah, so now we know now we know a bit about you. Um we were we were all talking about just the last two games of the Canucks. Obviously a big 
it, it honestly, the last two games feel like an eternity between them just because of the news that's been coming out with Markstrom and just the rest of the team. Trade um, deadline. Yeah, all trade that deadline, stuff. all this stuff. But not, not for me, man. What? I've, been, I've been basking in that fucking drubbing of the Bruins this whole time. Like, it feels like no time has passed. I've yeah. been fucking walking on light air. It, it so does. fucking, oh, my God, that felt good. And then to do that, and then your next game, to come back twice in the same game and win it in overtime against the fucking Habs. It, it is. It's what? a big redemption it, tour, is what it is. It oh seems. Oh my like, god! Right? It feels so good. Yeah. It feels so good. <laughs> I fucking hate the Habs. I hate the Bruins. It couldn't have possibly been a better two games for me. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, yeah, Stu. Honestly, what was? Um, yeah, like your initial reaction, like in the first period of the Boston game. You know, like when Pasternak scored that filthy tying goal to tie it up at one. You know, like, what were your thoughts going into that game? Like, even before the Canucks got off to an early start, like, what were you hoping for in that game? What were your expectations? I, I honestly, I, I, felt like, I felt like it was one of those games that they were going to win. Yeah. It felt like one of those. And there have been several of those this year where you kind of go in going, ah, this probably isn't going to go well. Yeah. And they somehow, they somehow just come out and fucking dominate. Yeah. It's and, and it's weird to do that against the Bruins and then turn around and, you know, the shot count tonight. I mean, they made it respectable at the end, but the first two periods, like, yeah, it was bad. It was they were getting they were getting dominated. Yeah, yeah. And for me, that for me, it, it's funny going into any game against Boston right now because I I bet you feel the same way, but it kind of feels like. I don't know when you're playing your friend in a video game who's just always been better than you and they can Yeah, yeah, yeah. They almost don't even care about playing anymore, but it just means so much to you that you, when you finally beat them, you're like, yeah, that's right. Fuck you. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was a big redemption tour. So um, there's no way, like, we're a, pod, we're a part of the positive train just like you are, but there's no way you could have seen this kind of success coming. Like, in all honesty, we're like nine wins away from probably clinching a playoff spot at this point. Maybe yeah. 10. Yeah. Um, you know, I hoped that they were going to make the playoffs this year. I was not convinced that they were going to make the playoffs this year. And, like, what we've seen has been fucking amazing. Like, the, the, the emergence of Quinn Hughes as not just, like, possi- not, possibly, not just possibly better than Makar, but actually possibly one of the best offensive D-men in the entire league. Yeah. And JT Miller... Like, going from, you know, he's always been good, but going from, like, a, a relative nobody on a stacked Tampa team to arguably uh, to the top point, point scorer on the, yeah. on the entire yeah. team. Yeah, he's yeah. leading the team at uh, this point. Honestly, like, this guy, like, you know, I'll say this again. I've said this multiple times. I'll say it again. Like, this guy knows how to win. And I think, like, yeah, and same with Tyler Toffoli, Tanner Pearson. Like, if Vancouver gets to the playoffs, like, these guys have been to the dance multiple times, and they've been far in the playoffs multiple times. Yep. Um, So, like, it's not like these guys are like, oh, yeah, they've been to the playoffs, but they've been those bubble teams that get bounced in the first round. Like, these guys have, obviously, Pearson and Toffoli have won cups. And, yeah, JT Miller going deep with New York, going deep with, Tampa Bay like these guys are the ones that I think are going to be the difference maker and what does Tanner Pearson have on the season like doesn't he have like 45 points 
that seems high. I, I think he does. I think I, he does. I'm Stu coming in hot with the fact. Uh, yeah. Fact I, I, confirmation. I can, I can look it up right now. Yeah. I'm telling you, Stu, if you come in with a correct fact confirmation, you're officially above Ian Mack. Yeah. And you've officially <laughs> even the battle. I'm, okay. I'm curious because I'm pretty sure he does. Okay. You know what? While you're looking that up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tail this into some hopeful, hopeful playoff talk here. Um, out of the Pacific team, or you know, out, six, out of, 62 points. It's Tanner it's, Pearson it's is 62, 62 points. Sorry. I thought you said JT Miller. <laughs> 62. <laughs> okay, that was like, he's been drunk our entire interview. What, the, what are we looking at here? He's got, how much does he have? Do you guys figure it out? He's got 42. What did okay. I say? I don't know. I think I you said, said 40, You said 45. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, the trend continues. Josh is wrong. Whatever. Yeah, fuck <laughs> off. Yeah, that's pretty nice. He's in the 40s. You're lucky I got that right. You're, yeah, you're lucky I even said it. high, though. 40 seems high. <laughs> yeah, it is high. high. I, I was like, I, like, I got to look this up because JT Miller has way more than that. I'm sure of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the leading scorer on our team that scores a lot of goals has 42 points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be a problem. 30 goals, 12 assists. We got 20 goal scorers all this team. We got Dan Cluche probably with 20 goals. Yeah. Jesus. Um, so let's ask a playoff question here. So we got, I mean, we're getting to that point now. We're not jinxing anything. Like we're, we're logically looking at who we might want to play in the playoffs. And if I had to ask you that question, who's your answer? First round. Who do we want to play? Yeah. Who, yeah let's, let's do a double side question. Who do you want to play and who do you not want to play? Uh, I want to play Arizona. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I what's the reason behind that? Because I think they're bullshit. And <laughs> like, they I don't think yeah, they, they do. They suck. I just don't think they're a very, a very good, well-constructed team. Yeah. I think they fair. got a lot of holes and we would exploit those holes very easily with the team we have. Boom. Coach um, what's as far as, the team that I wouldn't want to play, uh, I mean, who, who would we potentially be matching up with in the first round? Is it like either the – is it from the Oilers, Flames? Well, it, it depends on how we do in the division. I mean, like right now, what are we, third in the division? Right now we're second. Second. There's so. games in hand everywhere. But right now it pretty much comes down to playing any of the Pacific teams or if we somehow stumble to a wild card spot, then we're yeah. probably going to play St. Louis. It probably would be St. Louis. Well, that's probably your worst case scenario right there. Yeah. Is there a Pacific, uh, is there a Pacific team that you don't want to play? Uh, if I had to pick one, it would probably be the Oilers. Oh, that one caught yeah. me off guard a little bit. I like it. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's they're, the they're, effect, isn't it? It's not, but it, it's not even just that anymore. It's the McDavid slash Dory Seidel effect. Yeah. I mean, he, he's absolutely crushing it they have two of the best players in hockey right now yeah it's true um, they they still haven't managed to surround them with the supporting cast they need but yeah they're, well, they're, they're dangerous well let me ask you this then if who like okay Dreisaitl is the mvp of the league would you agree or would you say it's someone else this year oh i i, I already disagree do, do, let's hear it I would say he probably is getting because they need when they needed him to step up. When McDavid was out, he stepped up huge and kept them in it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I could definitely agree with that. It's kind of the Malcolm Crosby situation. Like once that happens, then I've always been in a, like on the side of the argument that if McDavid and Drysdale are playing the way they are, 
it's it's tough to give either of them the MVP. Like you're kind of taking it away from the other one in that sense. But once the injury yeah. happened, like that's kind of yeah, that's yeah. kind of solidifying that moment for him there. You know, it'll be an interesting, um, it'll be an interesting factor, kind of just in their entire careers because they've already signed big tickets to the Oilers, both yeah. of them. You know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if McDavid is kind of the more obviously the Sidney Crosby side of things where you know yeah. gets hurt a little bit more because like he's obviously the better player in the league's eyes, so he's more prone to injury. Guys are going to go after him a reckless. little bit more. He's reckless too. Yeah, it, it, exactly right. Like with with these kids like McDavid, like you know you can afford to be reckless with that speed because I would say eighty five percent of the time your recklessness is going to pay off in a goal. Or and at least some sort of, yeah. So yeah. in in terms of dry sidle, like I wonder if we're really starting to see this the mock into the whole Crosby thing. Like dry sidle may not score as many points as McDavid, but in terms of like a durability factor, playing a full eighty-two game season, being able to throw the team on his back when the true superstar is out of the game, yeah. he's still able to step up. I feel like that's yeah. what we're starting to see. Like, and that's they're so they're so fucking lucky for that. After yeah. the number of the number of picks that they blew, yeah, that completely in uh, like really high picks that they completely made a fucking mess of. Yeah, to come out of it with a Malkin and a Cros and a Crosby is so lucky, dude. Yeah, yeah. in when, reality, they should have like a top nine. Yeah, yeah. their draft picks. What was? Whose quote was it last year about getting too many too many slurps, slurps out of the trough? Was that Burke? I have no idea. I, I don't know. That one. No. Yeah, he said he was complaining about New Jersey getting first overall again, and he was complaining <laughs> about the system. And he was saying like, how many how how many how many slurps at the trough should these teams that suck year after year get? That, and, uh, it's actually an interesting question, though. I mean, like, when you really think about it, like, the Oilers, when they originally had their big three, it went, who was it? Was it Hall first, Ebbs, Nuge, and then Yakupov? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you have these four picks, and, like, three of the four are gone. One guy yeah. didn't even last in the NHL. Like, that. that's something to be said about, you know, the – I don't know. It's just almost just like a waste of talent. I don't, I don't really know. Well, it's a, it's a way, I mean, you know, everyone's saying that first round picks are, are gold now. Right. But they're and not to have them to have them repeatedly and have them not pan out. And then contrast that with what we've done with mm. no top fucking not no picks in the top four. Yeah. And the players like we came out of it. We had a, we had a fucking, Two Calder candidates in a row. One of them won it. Now we have another Calder candidate who probably should win it. And a, pos and a possible Norris Trophy in Quinn Hughes, I would say, in like three to four years. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. Yeah, it really, it really is just a credit to our savior, Jimbo, and what he's yeah. capable of and how people yeah. need to get on his bandwagon. I can't believe that more people haven't. It's, I think at this point, at this point, it's pure stubbornness. It's like yeah. I've been saying this guy's an idiot for five years, and if I now admit that he's not an idiot, then I'm an idiot. Yeah, and no one wants to be an idiot. And nobody who wants to be an idiot. Yeah, no one. No. Well, like well maybe Raffle. Me, I, I, I me can't. And Josh take turns, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, my last question for you here. So obviously, in Thailand, like you're going to be one of the thousands and thousands of Canucks fans celebrating a Stanley Cup victory this year. So, like, what's the parade plan down there? Dude, there's one. There's I have one Canucks. I have one Canucks buddy, and he's leaving, <laughs> he's 
moving away in April. Oh, no. <laughs> he's, co- he's coming home to roost with yeah. the rest of the Canuck fans in April for the, for the parade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, before he gets to his destination, he's going to be in Vancouver when the second round of the playoffs w- should probably be starting. So okay. I love yeah. it. So, so I will be here all by myself. You're so like, that, out there. That's why. That's why I'm on Twitter so much, man. Like yeah. I have no need to talk to you. Yeah. I need, like, I need, I need that dialogue. Yeah, I, I think of things to say during the game, and I have nobody to say them to. It's fucking horrible. Well, hey, if, if the fans, if the fans out there want to get a good taste of what you're like on a more regular basis, you can, you can tell them about the podcast that you and you and a buddy do. Yeah. Yeah. My podcast is called Barsholes, B-A-R-S-E-H-O-L-E-S. Nice. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on all the things. Um, if you are easily offended, do not listen to it. Uh, <laughs> if they're they, easily offended and they made it this much through our episodes, then <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I haven't done my job. So. Yeah, exactly. uh, what about those, those first-time first listeners who, yeah. who you've just recommended this podcast to? Hey, man, any, any, any news is good news, right? Even if it's yeah, everyone yeah. just making you part of the Me Too movement from <laughs> two yeah. continents away. I, I mean, I flew back. I flew back for the, for the finals in 2011. Okay. I, I, I didn't that. go to any of the games, but I was there. I like I bought a plane ticket and I flew from Thailand. You're, that's actually that, yeah, I, that's di- what I would do too. Like that's that's more yeah. of the experience. It's yeah, like one of the games. Like well, just go to the bars, be in the streets. Well, disco. I, I I swear I saw you. Was that you on top of the cop car with a fucking torch in his hand? <laughs> Is that you? I swear. You know, honestly, Vancouver police. They were looking for you. That's why you went to fucking Thailand. You fucking. I, I, I remember. I, I was at. I was in my. I was in my friend's apartment downtown watching Game Seven, and uh, he had. He had a couple of Bruins in his fucking fantasy league, and he. So he, I was like miserable the whole game, and he's going, he's going like, "Come on, Krejci, I need a point from Krejci." Oh, it was just a fucking gambling degenerate during the Stanley Cup. It was horrible. And I like, I walked <laughs> out of the, one of his places, and I was the most angry I've ever been in my entire life. The most like disappointed and miserable. And I turn to my left and I just see plumes of smoke. And I was like, I have to go watch this. Yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was actually a totally fitting moment for how we all like you, yeah, want, yeah. you want to look away, but you don't want to look yeah. away. I didn't, I didn't want to look away. I, I'm like, I, it's a horrible thing to say, but I, it made me feel better. It was captivating. <laughs> it, made, it actually made it me was. feel better. I, I, like, I felt like I had this, this horrible experience and yeah. then I sort of like been in the middle of this, you know, riots are fucking cool. I, I gotta, I think. <laughs> hey, you're telling me, dude, you're the one that chased the political fucking, the political crisis all the way to the airport. <laughs> one of my friends got a year's house arrest. Oh, shit. no way. Yeah, yeah. He was when they, when, yeah, he, somebody snitched on him on Facebook when everyone was. <laughs> <on Facebook>. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. probably you. You're like, well, I'm kind of tired. I got a flight at 10 a.m. back to Bangkok. So. <laughs> All right. Anyways, it's been a pleasure having Disco Stew on the podcast. Uh, if you're. I will, I will do it anytime. That was awesome. Yeah. If you live, you live under a rock and you don't know who this guy is, uh, is it at Disco Stew on Twitter? It's, it's at the Disco Stew. Oh, it's okay. already, no, already an at disco around yeah. all right at, at the disco stew nice it's been a pleasure man we look forward to doing and this don't forget to person. vote for me yeah don't oh, forget to ab- vote for absolutely. me in next twitter march madness 
Let's Super fucking Prez. bring Absolutely. bring bring iMac down a peg. There we go. <laughs> Love it, man. Cheers, buddy. All right, boys. And thank you so much to Disco Stu for coming on. What a fucking guy this guy was, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I love the energy you brought. Like, <laughs> just his Habs comments just fucking kill me. It just, <laughs> it's what He's what I would hope to be if I was halfway across the world still trying to like maintain my relationship with my hometown. Because like it almost seems like the way that he was describing it was he's like... I have no one to talk to about hockey. I'm like, are you like deserted on an yeah. island like by yourself? When really no one just gives two sh- They don't even know what hockey is. You go so you go to someone they're like, the fuck is that? Like, yeah. but uh, yeah, what what a guy. But he's moving back. Oh, dude, he's coming back soon. And End of the year. I think we might actually have to get this guy in person because <laughs> I want to see what this guy actually looks if like. If we're still, if we're not in jail as a podcast by next. By the end of this year, I think it is in our contract that we deserve an in-person interview. Yes. Maybe at the airport when he lands. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah dude. Like an actual like press me. It's like, it's like, hey, Stu, like, how's it feel to be back in Vancouver? It feels pretty good, guys. Uh, you know, I've been away for 10 years, but it feels nice to be back on the home turf. Perfect, Stu. Love it. Are you aware of the arrest <laughs> warrant that is now coming up, coming down on you right about three? T- oh, there they are. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years ago, we... Th- we thought we saw you on top of a cop car <laughs> lighting it on fire. Any comment on that? <laughs> it was a great it. interview, though. We had a great time doing it. It was. One. Do you want to jump into Montreal quickly before we kind of round it out here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, perfect. So, again, like you said, I only watched the first period. So, let me just give you a run now because I actually had a shitload of notes. I, th- I tried to look this play up, the cross-check on Quinn Hughes. I never got to see it. It, so was, it happened in, like, the first, like, Was it in the boards the game. or was it just, like, a... No, it's just, like, open ice, like... There was a rebound. Puck was coming around the Montreal end. Hughes kind of pinched a little bit, and Domi just gave him a two-hander, and Hughes fell to the ice. I was wow. choked. Um, okay, there was one. There was one scary thing that just made me almost like shit my pants. It was the second Montreal goal that made it two-one. It was Shea Weber, Clapper from the point. Made two two nothing, I think, or two nothing. Sorry, I saw. JT Miller get down on one leg and try and block it. Oh. I'm like, get your fucking ass up! <laughs> like you are, I'm like, don't you dare put your ankle out there. Don't you dare try and chicken wing that. I'm like, I need you, buddy. Yeah. That was actually so stressful because like John Garrett's like, I think JT Miller got a piece. I'm like, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't fucking touch it. <laughs> Marshall had a clear line of sight. Yeah. Um, watching anyone block or try and block one of Weber's shots like stresses me the fuck out. I'm pretty yeah. sure someone tried to. Blocked David Pasternak's like one timer goal and it was already like six three or six two in the Boston game and I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? There's no, just let it go in. Yeah, we're gonna win. You it's know? a crazy mindset that hockey players have. Yeah, compared to any other sport, to throw yourself in front of a projectile like that, like voluntarily. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, especially like whenever I, I know being a fan, like watching the TV from that angle of the hockey game and and anytime I remember watching people blocking shots, it always brought me back. You know, NFL blitz. Like the graphic yeah. that would come up when you like break a guy's bone and you like hit the guy and then it'd bring up like the x-ray vision of like crack tibia into like 15 pieces. <laughs> That's what I think of like that visual comes to my mind when I see a guy block a shot. Yeah, no, like, seriously. JT Miller never going to walk again. Yeah. Damn it. And you just see him like barely skating to the bench like a fucking <laughs> dead deer on the Discovery Channel or yeah. something about to get taken down by a lion. Yeah. yeah, that. I've seen more life at like a. Fucking, oh, I'm not going to make an animal cruelty joke. That almost went way yeah, too no. far. No, you'll offend Paul. Way too far. Um, but yeah. Anyway, jumping to what you want to jump to overtime quickly and then wrap it up. Yeah, I mean it was a, it was a third yeah. period. Unless you want to jump on that. I mean, you watched little, it. I fell yeah. asleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I got the third period on the lock. It was pretty good. Uh, went down early. Gave up the early goal. Yep. Uh, but the boys fought back. A good power play. Mm-hmm. And then big tuna. 
on the big stage again. I love it. Comes up and ties it. So, uh, I mean, Jay Beagle, though, fuck me. Like, that was Whiff City. He had a, an entire <laughs> net, and he just wanted to clap it 100 miles an hour through the net, and he completely missed the puck. Yeah. So if we missed those two points, that could have come back big time on Jay Beagle. But Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I don't really have too many thoughts. Like, we dominated overtime. It's, it's a weird three-on-three game nowadays. Um, yeah. Is what it is. Dude, the thing is, though, is you, you want some quick stats here? Cause sure. you know, you know Let's how wrap it up with some it? quick stats. Shots. 40 to 34 for Montreal. Nuts. Another 40 bomb. <laughs> like Dem- hey, you know what, though? I'll take it. Demko's yeah. first start in a while, but he stops. Yeah, has 40 shots against. Oh. Let's in three goals. Yeah. I'll take it. I'm down. Not bad. Um, I would expect the exact same from Markstrom in that scenario. Uh, hits. Dude, Montreal dominated 28 to 19. They were yeah. throwing the weight around. It, especially in the first period, I, I remember watching. It was just, it was chippy for sure. Yeah. Um, giveaways. Ugh. Give me. This is nasty. Oh. Vancouver at fifteen, Montreal at sixteen. Like it was turnover city. The Canucks create a lot of offensive turnovers, which I love. I want to see a stat about that compared to the rest of the league one day. Hey, Do you right? want the faceoffs? <laughs> yeah, give me my faceoff fix. Thirty to twenty-seven. Take a guess. The Canucks. Oh, actually, they, I, I watched them lose a lot of them. Yeah. So who do you think? It was the it was the Habs. I think. Habs lost or won that? They won that one. False. It really? 30 to 27. I, wa- I remember lo- watching them lose a bunch on the pa- the power play. I was like, fuck, we're losing all of them. Yeah. But it is what it is. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up, though. Hey? Yeah. Episode 44. Uh, I, by the way, I'm a big Todd Bertuzzi fan. I would never shit on him like that. Yeah. Please come on my podcast. I love you, Todd. <laughs> I love it. Raph? Yeah. We'll see you later, buddy. Later, buddy. <laughs> Check out the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms absolutely and also make sure that you are giving all 31 other podcasts to listen to so you can hear kind of their side of the story if you are a canucks fan so obviously montreal does have a podcast so give them a listen and then two separate podcasts one if you're just a huge numbers guy they have a numbers podcast for all the hockey analytic guys that cream their jeans with that stuff and then uh terry ryan former nhl guy um, affiliated also with the Hockey Podcast Network. Yeah. Table 44 or episode... Table 44. Oh, I can't. I can't. In. Like, it's in my head. <laughs> Dude, you got to stop. Guys, on his second day off. Hasn't even started his work week yet. Sorry, you tomorrow's my Monday, working. so I'm going off the grid. And it's just in my head right now. <laughs> All right, that's it, boys. Audio. All right, table 44. Oh, harder, baby.